everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I am William Locke, and I'm joined again by Mr. Joe. Uh, we're back to talk NBA again. We had the draft lottery last night, always one of the more fun NBA nights of the year. Um, and we'll be talking Eastern and Western Conference Finals as well. Joe, thank you for coming on. How are you doing? How was Las Vegas? I know you were out there uh, last week. Vegas was a good time. Uh, always love popping down there for a weekend and then, and then getting back out. Um, but good time down in Vegas. Always love being on the pod, so appreciate you having me on. Great time to be a sports fan, as always. Bad time to be a ping pong ball. Where were the ping pong balls last night? <laughs> yeah, the lottery. Yeah, they didn't really. Uh, I feel like in in previous years they've played into that more. We only saw like a couple cut shots of, of the ping pong balls. It was <laughs> it was a fun lottery. Um, I always think it's funny how they do it like an hour or so beforehand in, in the basement where they always like have a video shot of it going on in the basement and it's all these execs and they have to put, they have to give their phones away. So um, it's like all secretive and stuff, but then the whole thing is so televised and uh, like, especially like back in the day, like, the freaking draft wasn't even televised. And now we got the draft lottery. Like my parents are always like, why, why do you guys care so much about the draft lottery? But I think it's exciting because we finally get to see the draft order. We get to, you know, I guess, start to see a vision for the future for some of these franchises, you could say. Um, and we'll go through some winners and losers. Um, talk about just some notes from, from the lottery as a whole. I think the first thing I want to talk about um is I guess we'll, we'll start with, it just has to be the, the team that won the lottery, the Orlando magic, finally getting a good lottery result. They are the biggest winners from last night, in my opinion. Um, they'd always seemingly like been the team to get the draft pick after all of the top guys go. So like in 2018, for example, they got like the sixth pick, I want to say, and they picked Mo Bamba when Mo like, Bamba. yeah, like Luca, Trey, Jaron Jackson Jr., DeAndre Ayton all went before him, and then it was the Magic, and they got Mo Bamba. Um, or like 2017 when it was Markel Foltz, Lonzo Ball, Tatum, Jaron Fox, then the Magic at six who got Isaac. So Orlando finally getting number one again, first time since 04 um, when they got Dwight Howard. And then they had it, I think, back-to-back years in the 90s when they went with Shaq and Penny. So um, definitely the biggest winners. Joe, if you – if you were the GM of Orlando, who, who are you taking uh, with the first pick? Hmm. Who am I taking with the first pick? Um, I like, but you know, obviously biggest winner, Magic, you get the first pick. You, you can pick your guy. You pick who you want. Kind of reminds me of like the Jaguars here in the draft for the NFL. Because everyone had Aiden Hutchinson going one and they took Trayvon Walker because you could take Jabari Smith, Paolo, Chet Holmgren. I think I would take Chet just because, I mean, the guy's just dynamic. He's got so much upside, in my opinion. I think it, it, it's definitely a draft where it's three elite players, Holmgren, Bancaro, and um, Jabari Smith. Three of Those three guys have all NBA upside potential. Um, and really, it's just a matter of, fit so there was no consensus number one overall pick this year um, a lot of you know people in the nba were saying really just depends on who gets the pick is who's going to be the number one overall guy i if i'm orlando i'm also taking chet i just think he has the highest upside out of any player in this year's draft i do think like he could very well be end up being a bust so he has a very high ceiling and a very low floor um, I think at the very least, if he even if he doesn't pan out, he'll be a good defensive player. Like in, in college, guy averaged almost four blocks a game, uh, blocking shots with his left or right hand. Like dude's a freak, seven foot feet, feet tall. The knock on him, the only real knock when like reading through draft guides and and you know mock drafts is his frame. You know he's 195 pounds. He's he's a stick. Um, so like, will he, will he be able to? I guess be able to body up guys like Embiid and Jokic. And obviously no one can guard those guys. So in general, but just to limit them, not, you know, get run over and let them score 50 points. Kind of like DeAndre, what happened with DeAndre Ayton when he was trying to guard Giannis in the finals last year, that's the only knock on him. Uh, but 
he's a guard or he's a big man with guard skills. Like he pair him with freaking Franz Wagner, elite wing scorer and um, defender. Like he, I think Franz also has all NBA upside potential. And then they also picked Jalen Suggs last year uh, in, in the lottery. So if they have those two guys plus Chet, like Orlando could be pretty decent uh, coming up here soon. So I don't know. I'm excited. I would, I would go Chet as well. I'm glad it went to a Western or an Eastern conference team, not a Western conference team, just for the sake of the Grizzlies. Um, you know, we don't need more difficult teams to come up against, I guess. Um, but yeah, Joe, uh, do you, you got a winner or loser um, that you want to talk about, but I just wanted to get that Orlando chatter out of the way. Cause ultimately they were the biggest winner getting number one. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Kind of right in the ship. Finally get some good luck on their side. Dude, I got to go loser for me, Portland, Damian Lillard. He was up there as the representative for the team. (laughs) He just (laughs) just looked so sad when the pick came out. And they, I mean, they could have gone, what, like top four? They had a pretty decent shot, I think, at at getting a top four spot. And they dropped down and he just looks looks deflated. They had a 37% chance at a top four pick and a 9% chance at number one. So, like, they had decent enough odds and they were horrible at the end of the year. So yeah, it, I mean, they were, it was just such a wash season. Dane didn't play a lot at the end of the year and they just need an elite guy. And now it's like, you know, who do the, who are they going to take at seven? And then if, you know, I think they might consider a trade depending on what their vision is here with Damon in, in the future, but then now your seven pick isn't as valuable as, you know, the number four or number right. Three. They're not getting uh legitimate all-star number two option with Damian and Lillard. They're getting another role player mm-hmm. at seven. So yeah, you could trade up. Thing is they don't have many assets. Like you mentioned, you put in the podcast rundown, some notes on Portland. And I, uh, I went and deeped over the roster, like outside of Dame, who's making $42 million next season. Like they got him locked up until 23, 24, and then 24, 25. He has a player option. So unless he forces his way out, which, you know, Damian Lillard known for saying he don't run from the grind, uh, unless he demands a trade, which I don't think he will, like outside of him, they have Eric Bledsoe making 19, Josh Hart, Nasir Little, Justice Winslow, uh, Keon Johnson, Anthony Simons is a restricted this offseason. I would imagine they bring him back. He's probably their second best player right now. But outside of like those two guys, Bledsoe and Hart, Simon's like, dude, th- this roster on paper and whatever they get in the draft, like they could genuinely be like one of the worst. They could be bottom three in the NBA next year, in my opinion. Like it's bleak. Cause yeah, I mean, when you run through the roster, I didn't realize they they don't have a great roster. And like teams like the Magic, maybe Detroit, probably actually we can talk about Detroit later. The Magic will get better, Thunder will get better. Houston will get better. Like all these teams that were in the bottom of the NBA got good picks. They will get significantly better if, especially if they add one of these three elite guys, Portland's just adding a role player. So, and they don't have a ton of assets to trade either. They're in a very, very difficult spot. I feel, I feel bad for Dame. You could, you could see it in his face. Like you could see the pain. He knew exactly kind of what we're talking about here. He knew they're in like NBA purgatory. Um, I don't know that, that, McCollum trade at the deadline is looking worse and worse, uh, especially with how he played the playoffs. So tough scenes. Yeah. And taking him away from Dame too. I mean, they had to make a change, but they kind of, it, it wasn't the right change. It ended up not being the right move. Agreed. So, and now you drop down to seven, which you don't know what you're going to get eventually, but now you don't even get the best pick possible. And, you know, it feels like every year there's always those guys that end up like a you know, Donovan Mitchell or Bam on a bio that get picked later in the lottery or even outside the lottery second round that end up popping, but you just, you never know. It's, it's really a whole total random draw luck thing, uh, draft. So, um, hopefully they get lucky. I don't know, but as a, again, as a Grizzlies fan, I'd rather them not be relevant. So, uh, one less team to worry about, I guess another winner for me, I'll, I'll, I'll say Sacramento. They're, they're definitely a winner. They had the seventh best odds. So heading into the draft, they had a 32% chance at a top four pick. 
They got it. They got number four. Feels like a win. Uh, just a little difficult because it feels like they're right outside that top three range of those three elite guys that I keep talking about. But they could still get like a, a Shaden Sharp, the guy from Kentucky, mm-hmm. wing scorer. Uh, didn't play his freshman year at Kentucky, so we haven't seen him play since high school. I think that's you know kind of a big knock on him, but he's an elite shooter. Um, pair him with Fox and, and Mitchell um, could could be something there. It is the Kings as well, so you know no anybody. Yeah, they they could pick freaking I don't know Ke- uh, Walker Kessler, the dude from Auburn, like projected late first round guy. You just never know with this with this organization, uh, and you know they're. They seem to really want to make the playoffs. They have the longest postseason drought in the NBA, I think, in all of American sports right now. So, like, and number four, I mean, I could also see them training up. I don't know, but four, I just had to put them as a winner because could have been like seventh or eighth, like Portland end up moving up to four. It's a win for sure. They can, you know, Sharp is a guy that seems to be flying under the radar because he didn't play at Kentucky last season. Um, and he could, you know, he, could potentially be that guy outside of that elite three that pops and is like an all NBA guy. So uh, good for them. Uh, I don't really think we're going to see Sacramento as legitimate contenders anytime soon though. So. Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, they're kind of at that four spot. So you get to pick whoever you want outside of those top three guys who should go in the top three. Um, it's I mean, they just, they need, they need to figure something out. They need somebody to pop for them, whoever that is. I'm going to jump to another winner. That's who went second overall. If the listeners remember a few months back when my favorite teams for the next five years, due to their draft capital, the (laughs) Oklahoma city thunder picking second. So essentially whoever the magic take, let's say it's Chad. Now the thunder get to pick between, you know, Paolo and Jabari Smith and can't go wrong. You know, at that point, it's just whoever you like more in my opinion. Um, but hey, and they've got another lottery pick. So they've got all these picks. So if they can hit on a couple of guys, you never know. Yeah, I think they have 13. Let me check. Yeah, they have 12 and two. So could trade. I mean, we know Sam Presti loves loves the, the trading for picks. They're, they're going to keep the, the second pick. I think they're going to go with Jabari. Uh, wing score out of Auburn. Shot 43% from three last year. Um Getting comparisons to Kevin Durant with his jump shot, it, it looks very KD-esque. And what do we always talk about in the NBA? What do you need? You need wing scoring and wing defending. So pair him with SGA and Giddy. That that's a legitimate big three. Like obviously not right away, but could pan out to be a legitimate big three. I love Giddy. Got shut down in the second half of the season. Um, classic OKC style. They tanked. Ended up working out for them getting number two. I would have loved to see Chet in OKC, actually. Giddy and Chet combo would have been absolutely disgusting, in my opinion. Uh, Chet, you know, because Giddy has such an array of, of passes that Chet getting set up by Josh Giddy would have just been really fun to watch. Money. Ultimately, they don't get him. So uh, they're going to, I think they'll end up with Jawari. I think Bancara will fall to three to Houston, which is another one of my losers, actually. And, you know, three is still a good pick to have. But it just feels like, considering the Rockets have had the worst record in the entire NBA over the past two seasons, number three feels like a bit of a consolation prize for them. Got number two last year, went with Jalen Green, uh, just a score, guard score, kind of like a Bradley Beal type player, but with more athleticism, can absolutely soar above the basket and, you know, good uh, dunk package. But Well, not in the freaking dunk contest. That was an abomination. But whatever, like Houston's in a tough spot because they're going to have to pick between one of the the last of the elite three, you could say, in this year's draft. I think they'll end up getting Bancaro, which, I mean, lack effort on defense last year is going to be a problem in Houston next season considering they really don't play any semblance of defense. But that's uh-huh. the nice thing for him is he doesn't have to play defense if he goes there. Yeah, that's true. They're going to give up 140 points a game, but they might put up 120. I don't know. Jalen Green score. You also don't forget about Kevin Porter Jr. who thinks you know he's probably the number one option on that team as well. Just a lot of scores, not much else on that roster. That's why, to me, it feels like had they been able to get like a Chet or, or a Jabari, I think would have been the best fit for them. Um, 
then I think that could have taken them to the next level. Bancaro, don't get me wrong, has all NBA upside potential. Um, but I don't love the fit around him. I think getting a little bit of size, he's 6'8". Um, maybe if he can turn on the effort defensively, which we didn't see at Duke, then then that's a great pick for them. But right now, it eh, feels like three's a bit of an L for Houston fans. Yeah, and I think it's one of the things I like about the lottery is because tanking's become an issue in the NBA. You know, case in yeah. point, like the Thunder, the Sixers, you know, all that stuff. So I like that you're not guaranteed to get the number one overall pick if you tank which obviously the Rockets are doing what they can to not win ball games. Right. Um, right. So I kind of like that, you know, they didn't get the first pick again. You yeah, still get a really good player, but you don't get the best or the choice that whoever you think is the best. I saw a stat um, from Stat News. Since the NBA flattened the lottery odds in 2019, so that's when the top three picks all have a 14% chance at getting the number one overall pick. I think it used to be, the worst te- team with the worst record had like a 25% chance. And then the second and third had slightly worse odds. Now the top three all have that 14% chance at the number one pick. So since that happened, since 2019, the team with the worst overall record has actually never gotten the first pick in the draft. Wow. So I think that's, I mean, it's only three year sample size, still small, but I, I think that's obviously great for, you know, preventing tanking which is you know something we're seeing in baseball right now because um, they don't have this lottery system. Um, so I think that's good and bad. I do think like if you are super atrocious, you kind of do deserve to get rewarded with the best pick. But again, Orla- like Orlando was horrible. So hard to, I don't know. I, I, overall, I think the new lottery system is, is good for the league as a whole. Um, I think the biggest, for me, my biggest loser, I think bar none has to be the Detroit Pistons. They got totally screwed. Again, they were one of those three teams that had a chance uh, at that number one overall pick, that the 14% chance ended up getting five because Sacramento snuck into the top four. Um, just just brutal. I, I feel like ha- were they able to get one of those guys, Bancaro, Jabari, or Chet, and pair them with Cade Cunningham, who's kind of one of those players that just makes everybody he plays with better. Yep. Uh, Were they able to get one of those two guys? Then they would have had a legitimate one-two punch, you know, flank them with Sadiq Bey, 3 and D guy, good defender, elite knockdown scorer. As we saw, he scored 50 points in a game last year. Um, Then, you know, that would have been very nice for, for the, for the Pistons future. I feel like they got set back a couple of years last night when, you know, they could still get, you know, Jaden Ivy or Keegan Murray, um, who, who can be good. And I think Cade will make them better as well. Just tough for them being so bad, not getting a top three pick definite L for Pistons fans. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Like you mentioned about flattening the odds out. Um, that that's tough because they, they got better. Obviously Cade made their team better, made the players around him better. And if you can keep building off of that, you know, it, a top three pick, one of the three guys in this year's draft would have been huge for them. Not to say that they won't get a great player at five, but, you know, that's tough. That's tough because, you know, because they could have gotten the one pick and now they draft down to five, right. which is a big difference in the draft. Could have had back-to-back number one picks. Yeah. They will more than likely be in this same situation next season. That's I would <laughs> imagine, like, if you look on, if you look at their roster, it's up there with, like, well, actually, it's, it's got to be worse than Portland, right? Portland, at the end of the day, does have Dame. So, Orlando, get better. OKC will get better. I Detroit could be, again, the worst roster in the league and be one of those three teams with the top lottery odds. Hopefully, they get a little bit luckier next year because, um, you know, next season, that number one overall pick, Victor Juan Benyama, generational talent. Like, that's a draft you want the number one overall pick in. So, because that guy can change the course of your franchise immediately, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This guy, guy's a freak. So they, they, they'll tank hard, I think, next year. Um, unfortunate because could have been a little bit better next year, but they get Juan Banyama next season. It'll be worth losing last night. Um, yeah, any, any, other, any other lotto thoughts? Those are kind of the biggest winners and losers that I had written down. 
Uh, I don't know if he had anything else. What, what do you think about Chet Holmgren in the suit? Did you hear that? It was like his first time uh, wearing a, a suit, apparently. I mean, he looks... Never wore a suit? That's what they said on the broadcast. I don't know if that's true. I have a very, very hard time believing that. You need guess. to go buy a custom suit. Yeah, it didn't look custom. It did not. He looked like a middle schooler. His top button wasn't even buttoned. Also, what can he like? What we got to give him a diet program. He needs to just eat. I know. Well, maybe he, maybe he could be one of those guys that no matter He's what he's putting on weight. Yeah, it's just can't put on weight. I don't know. Because you know, you, I can imagine all, the all this guy's heard his entire NBA career is I gotta you gotta put on or. Basketball career, it's like yeah, you got to put on weight. But maybe I don't know. Maybe it works. Maybe, but I, th- I think uh, ultimately, if he wants to have like a long career in the NBA, he's got to put on some mask because I just feel like it's an injury waiting to happen. It's a little nerve wracking. Like we've even we've even seen Jaw, who was a stick when he came into the league, put on some some muscle. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, another note I had Pacers rep, very Indiana Pacers. Who was um, the rep? It was just some white Middle East, uh, mid, uh, Midwestern looking lady uh, from the front office, just Pacers. Yeah. It is, it is funny, like who like the team sent, because some will send like the GM, some will send like their players, like Dame, some will yeah. send, you know, a fan. Like it's, it's funny who they picked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember the Cavs when they got back to back number one overall picks, which was still very sketchy. They had Dan Gilbert's son. That was like the most noteworthy that I can remember. Uh, Knicks also, I mean, they weren't projected to get a top pick, but number 11, just tough for them. They don't really have much. I don't know. Like what are Knicks fans excited about? RJ Barrett had a good year, uh, but Julius Randall, they paid him and now he stinks again. It's tough. It's hard because they're in that weird, like meddling ground of, they're not going to be great, but they're not bad. Like their guys are competitive. Like they're not going to be tanking. So yeah, they're in that right where you don't want to be back. Like the Pacers. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it does like, it does ultimately pay to freaking tank and suck. Cause you will get one of these elite guys. If you get lucky in the lotto, the Knicks really don't have much going for them. Obviously it's New York city. So, and I, I feel like they've done a good job over the past couple of seasons of like establishing themselves as a legitimate NBA franchise, which was something that deterred free agents in the past. I think maybe that stigma is finally removed and maybe they'll finally get some free agents wanting to come to New York. I still think they're a couple years away from that. Um, and I, my prediction is I don't see Tibbs as the coach there after next year. I was kind of surprised they brought him on for another year next year. Uh, this could be his last season. We know, we are, we know Tibbs has a short uh, shelf life as a coach. Um, who else? That's, that's really it. Um, Charlotte's kind of in a weird spot. Another one of those franchises got LaMelo bridges. If they bring him back, not much else. 13th pick, not much to do there. Like There's rumors they're going to hire Mike D'Antonio. What do you think? Yeah. I guess they haven't hired a coach, right? Yeah. That, that would be interesting. Uh, maybe, maybe we could touch on coaching vacancies. Yeah, what else do we have? Lakers. Oh God. I yeah, that's Mark Jackson. <laughs> we know Mark Jackson's gonna get a job. Ooh, yeah, what is what is open right now? Lakers are open. Um the Kings got filled. Kings got filled. You know what's funny is the only that was the yeah. The only other opening in the lottery was the Hornets. It's kind of funny that most of these teams are keeping their coach. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't think, like, coaching matters a ton in the NBA. I, don't get me wrong. It definitely matters. But I feel like coaching is a lot more important in the college ranks. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can, like, win without a great coach. Like, people were calling for Coach uh, Boonholzer's head. Last season during the playoffs, they end up winning the freaking title. Guy gets another year, and you know, we saw kind of got out coached against the Celtics. I mean, Udoka did a great job, so against uh against the the Bucks. So yeah, we got Charlotte's open, Lakers are open, Kings brought in Mike Brown from Golden State. 
That's it. Jazz are rumored. Quinn Schneider, if they go full rebuild, he might be gone. Not a terrible job. That Lakers job, I don't know. Someone's going to have to be willing to step into quite a turbulent situation. Uh, what are they going to do with Russell Westbrook, LeBron on the back half of his career, uh, the, you know, the closing stages of his career, AD never wants to, or can, can never stay on the court. They, they got a tough situation. Um, one guy that's rumored is the Bucks assistant, Darvin Ham. you got guys like, again, Mark Jackson, Kenny Atkinson, maybe, uh, Scott Brooks, Doc Rivers apparently staying in, in, in Philly. That's a, that was an interesting one. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I guess we can get into the game that we watched last night. That was game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Heat take down the Celtics 118-107. Jimmy Butler show. He was the biggest star last night, dropping 41 points. Joe, what was because game one seems to be like it's never really that important in the grand scheme of the series, but you can't take some key things away. Do you have any major takeaways from game one last night? Do you think anything's gonna like we can take anything from game one and it could like make a huge difference throughout the course of the series? I mean, Jimmy Butler took over the game. That's 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 what he does. He played physical. They're ready to go. I mean, that team is just so deep. Like, all those guys contributing is just scary. That band played great, especially defensively. A couple of good highlight reel blocks. Um, you know, the big, the big thing is the Celtics without Marcus Smart and Al Horford supposedly are going to be back for game two. Um, they need those guys. Jason Tatum kind of went quiet in the second half there. And they they just kind of – the biggest thing was they lost the third quarter and just kind of dominated. And, and that was the game. Was it The game just in the third quarter, that was it. Yeah, it was, that was it. Yeah, I have it written down here somewhere. So, yeah, Heat outscored Boston 39-14 in the third. And they the Celtics were up by eight played, at halftime. Yeah, the Celtics played great in the first half. Right. It, it at points there, I think they were up by double digits 12-13. It felt like, oh shoot, this one Celtics are gonna steal game one in Miami. This series could, I mean, could very well be a sweep. Nope. Heat said he brought that intensity out of halftime. I knew. Eric uh, Spolster was going to make some type of adjustments, get into his team at half. And like, you got Jimmy Butler who really kind of just approaches every game with the chip on his shoulder. I'm sure he heard all the talk, all the love for Jason Tatum winning that series in Milwaukee. And he thinks I know for a fact, Jimmy Butler thinks he's better than Jason Tatum. He's just, and you know, Jimmy Butler's played in the finals. Jason Tatum's never played in the finals. I guarantee you Jimmy Butler's thinking that to himself. Jason Tatum's 0-3 in the Eastern conference finals. Butler carried the heat to the to the bubble finals in in 2020 i guarantee you he he wants to make a point in this series and um he had some interesting quotes after the game he said i want to run into people and see who falls down first who's going to quit first i think that's the style of basketball i like to play and so do they and you know i was 0 for 2 from 3 tonight i want to be 0 for 0 next game because i just want to keep banging into people like he, he's going to bring the physicality similar to what Giannis brought in in the last in the last uh, series against the Celtics. I, I think on, on the flip side is where Marcus Smart is going to be key. He's got to come back game two, and he's physical. He'll he'll talk that smack with Jimmy, and, you know, Celtics don't want to go down in an 0-2 hole, and so game two is going to be big down there. I don't think, you know, losing game one is going to, you know, ruin the series or anything. Um, Tatum, you know, needs to have another big game, stay alive in the second half. Jalen Brown's got to play better and you get Horford back um, and Marcus Smart, who, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's kind of the heart and soul. I think of that, you know, that team, that defense. Right. And apparently he was so sore that he was ruled out before he even got to the arena with that foot. I mean, I don't know if Boston is looking to get him back because game two is tomorrow, Thursday. Like he might not be able to go Thursday night. It might be a thing where he's playing Saturday in Boston for game three down 0-2. We know a series doesn't start until a road team wins a game, um, but the Celtics don't have home court advantage. You know, the, the Heat are the one seed, so at some point in this series, Boston's going to have to win in Miami. Um, and yeah, like you said, they need Marcus Smart. It's another guy they can throw uh, at, at Jimmy Butler, another guy that can switch on screens, match up with some of these guys like Gabe Vincent, who shout out to Gabe Vincent, had a great game last night continues to fill in really well for Kyle Lowry. I don't know if when is like, he coming back? You know, it's almost the thing where 
because he played in one of the games late he in the Philly them. series and he didn't look yeah. good, right? So, so it's almost like, a, do you want a 70% Lowry where I don't know if that makes you so much better or 100% Gabe Vincent, who we saw last night, can knock down shots? Another interesting... Huh? I mean, they're so deep that they're able to withstand Lowry being out. Um, boy, you imagine if they had 100% Lowry and you're bringing Vincent off the bench. And I mean, they're I just, know. that's a deep team, dude. Like, if somebody's having an off night, you can always sub somebody in. And they're not playing again. Duncan Robinson, zero um, minutes last night. That's a guy that they paid 25 something million dollars to last offseason. Just really hasn't played in the playoffs for them so far. Down. Um, I, I, Max Struess pretty much took his job. Max Struess, interestingly enough, is a DePaul guy. Uh, they have DePaul has has consistently been the worst team in the Big East, and they have uh, Struess and Paul Reed in the league. They have more NBA guys than pretty much every other Big East program except Villanova right now. I just I find that funny. It's just weird how that stuff works. But um, yeah, I think. In terms of things to look for in game two or throughout the rest of this series, definitely Marcus Smart coming back. Um, Celtics really got out of rhythm when the Heat started picking them up full court and forcing them to dribble, uh, which is a weakness for the Celtics. They don't really have a lot of guys that are great at dribbling. We saw, uh, you know, Tatum turn the ball over, I think it was like six times in the third quarter. Will this heat continue to trap and pick them up full court, trying to force these turnovers? That's another thing to look for uh, in game two. Um, and if the Celtics don't have Marcus Smart back, can they kind of can they steal one in Miami in game two? They had a great first half. Can they do it for four quarters? Um, and Miami just I, the great thing about Jimmy Butler is he knows that. He could score 40 a game, but he doesn't necessarily want to. He, he's one of those guys that understands what it takes to win basketball games. And he would, I could very well see him be willing to put up 10 points if it means they win. He doesn't care how many points he scores, um, which, which is great. You know, he's not like a, you know, a Russell Westbrook or a James Harden, high usage, just going to be pulling from everywhere. Um, he plays in the flow of the offense and Miami, man, they've been underrated all season. In my opinion, like no one, they're the freaking number one seed. I know it doesn't feel like, you know, the 17 warriors where they're just overwhelming, but they are the one seed. They had a great season. Like they've been elite defensively. They have, like you said, they're very, very deep. I'd argue they're deeper than Boston. Um, I don't know. I, I like their chances in this series. I'm still, I'm still picking Boston in six. Uh, right now, but that could very well change throughout the course of the series. What about yeah, you? I, I dude, I, I want to say Celtics, but I just think the heat, like everyone's counting them out and it's like, they're so deep. So I, I think I might change my pick. Dude. I'm going to take heat and seven. A little bit of a, nobody believes in us vibe. A little bit of that. And they got home court and dude, game seven. Down in Miami with the whiteout, <laughs> <laughs> the whiteout, the playoff whiteout down at uh, what's that arena called now? Is it, is it American Airlines or what is that? Yeah, they changed it. It's uh, FTX Arena. It, oh, it the American Airlines. I don't know if you saw the TikTok. Uh, I, I think it was the Heat posted it themselves. They have a club, dude. How did I saw that? There's a club in the arena. I never heard of that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that was a thing. I, I guess that's part of the reason why a lot of times the attendance seems to be sparse at their games because everyone's at the club. Like, I'm like, how do they always have great playoff teams? And I'm like, dude, there's not even a sellout like ever. Cause they must have been in the club. Yeah. I, that's the thing about Miami is you're always going in, in Florida teams in general, it's just tough to attract consistent crowds when people would rather be, you know, chilling on the beach outside doing whatever. Um, Miami is a destination spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but their fans do show up uh, in, in the playoffs, unless it's, you know, 2014 and the Heat are down big. Everyone leaves. Ray Allen hits that shot. All the fans feel dumb for leaving. I don't know if you remember that. that Ray was, Allen for three. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's a fun series. That's going to be a defensive battle slugfest. 
old school style series. It's funny how, you know, even a couple years ago, it felt like the NBA was moving to just three pointer, three point contest, right? No defense, Jack and threes kind of evolving from what that warriors team kind of started. And now we're getting these defensive slug fests, grind them out, low scoring games. And I think that's what we're going to see actually, believe it or not in the Western conference finals, just because of how Dallas loves to slow the game down. Luca will play at his own pace and the game will be at that pace. Uh, he really dictate, dictates the tempo. And we saw that in game seven where, I mean, just uh, un- genuinely unbelievable. It was one of the few times in NBA history, recent NBA history, where I just I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, Mavericks destroy the Suns in game seven on Sunday. Luca had 27 points at the half. The Suns had 27 points at the half. Mavs were up by 30. It was over right away. Um, I don't know. I'm just curious your takeaways from that game seven because I was I was genuinely dumbfounded. Dude, that, that was embarrassing. That that was that was just embarrassing. You you come into the playoffs, you're the, the best team in the league, you're the one seed, everyone's thinking it's gonna be a cakewalk to get to the finals. And they they kind of challenge they got challenged in the first round by the Pelicans and you know they they created some noise and they dude they just could not put it all together for multiple games against the Mavs and that's what I said on the on the pod last week I said you get to a game seven I said the worrying part is they got Luca he can just take over a game and dude they just didn't have intensity Chris Paul and Devin Booker were so bad Aiton wasn't playing like they just were awful and in, in a game seven to go to the conference finals at home and they just, they just flat out got destroyed. And that's the great part about having a player of Lucas caliber or Giannis or like a Kevin Durant in in years past, like, or LeBron, you know, when he was in his prime is if you have one of these guys, you have a chance to win no matter what, you know, you got Mm -hmm. a top five guy, he can take over like he did in this series. And for the Suns, it feels almost like a window closing a championship window closing, right? Because so many other teams in the West are going to get better. Uh, So much young talent and youth in really all around the NBA and so much talent in general. But if you look at the Suns specifically, I feel like Aiton's gone. You know, there's some weird quotes after the game from Monty Williams and, you know, why he wasn't really playing. And CP3 is, you know, said he's coming back, but just feels like he was burnt out at the end of those playoffs. Apparently he had a quad injury, uh, he's like at the end of the day, he's in this you know end of his career, right? And he's always hurt in the playoffs. Always hurt. He's had Everybody's it. hurt in the playoffs. Come on. I know everybody. Everybody is hurt in the playoffs. Um, and you know, there's always some team that is missing some of their top guys. Bucks without Middleton last year. The Nets without Harden and uh, Kyrie. Like there's always injuries, right? And just part of the part of the game. But it just feels like. You know, he's in the close of his career. He's had incredibly bad luck in the playoffs. You know, a lot of that self-inflicted, but he's got a very bad playoff resume and bring him back with Booker, you know, Bridges got cooked, supposed defensive player of the year got cooked by Luca. It's just feels like their window has closed. I don't know about Booker as like an MVP finished like fourth or fifth, I think an MVP voting. I don't know if he's that guy. He didn't show up in this game at all. No one showed up. It was, totally embarrassing on all fronts. It was so bad that I don't know if you saw the sun's Twitter account had to tweet out like a a statement the next morning and like how bad of a loss do you have to take where your team has to tweet out a statement, basically apologizing to the fans for what happened. Like that's when, you know, it's bad. Luca, it feels like Luca single-handedly ended their, their championship window. Yeah. I mean, he just, he took over the game. The Mavs walked in game seven and they just, they rose to the occasion. They had that intensity. And from the second the game started, Luca pretty much said, I'm not losing this game. Yep. It, it feels it was over. It feels very like 07 Cavaliers with LeBron. Just and I think I would argue the Mavericks supporting cast is better than what LeBron had in 07, but it just feels like yeah, year four, you're you're established as one of the best players in the league. It feels like Luca could like grow the Luca legend thing this season. He already did with that game. Will he follow it up with the finals appearance? Could this team win the finals? I don't know. I mean, they got, 
They play great defense. Again, Luca plays at his own pace. They got shooters, Bullock, Kleber, um, Dinwiddie showed up in game seven. Like they have guys. Yeah, dude. Dinwiddie, uh, Dinwiddie realized he needs another contract because he signed this one with crypto money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's out there he's, he's playing for another bag. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, you know, Jalen Brunson as well. Like they have, it feels like a team that doesn't need an elite number two guy around Luca. It feels like Luca obviously is the primary scorer, and then everyone around him just has to knock down their three point shots. And they play great defense. They they switch well. They they play small. They don't really have a big man, uh, which I think will bode well in, in the Warriors series. I don't know. I think this team could win. I, I really think this team could make the finals and end up playing. We could get a Dallas Miami round three. We could get a Dallas Celtics. Interesting, you know, defensive battle. Every game would be scored in the eighties. Um, I don't know. Do you think you think this team can take down Golden State because after watching, you know, every minute of every game of that Golden State Memphis series was not very impressed with, with the Warriors, especially playing a super young Grizzlies team without John Morant as well. Don't get me wrong. Those last two games. Yeah. What I would dude. I mean, I, I picked against the Mavs in the first round. I picked against them last round at this point. It's like, I mean, they're proving it, man. Like they're showing up in these first two rounds. Like when they came to the playoffs, with their team and Luca being out, I was like, if you're the Jazz, you've you got to, you know, walk the floor on these guys. And, I mean, a lot of their guys stepped up in the first couple of games and when Luca was still coming back from injury. And now he's back and he's just taking over series. He's just taking over ball games. He's got a killer mentality. Um, and like you said, like the Warriors, I mean, obviously the Warriors are really good, um, but they're not always on every night. Like, uh, what was that, game five in Memphis? They got cooked, so they can't oh, play was, like that. That was unbelievable. Um, it, it would be, dude, that'd be crazy to see Luca carry this team and, and win a title. Like, wow, that'd be awesome. That would be some historic shit right there. Year four, carrier team. He's, his playoff averages, and I think I mentioned it in one of our NBA playoff podcasts recently, his playoff numbers are, like, unreal. He's basically averaging, like, a 34, 10, and 7 as, as in his fourth year in the league. Oh, this guy's ceiling is scary. And as a Grizzlies fan, they're in our division. Like we're going to have to be going up against them competing in the Western conference for the next, however long he's in Dallas. I don't know if he's going to be a career long Dallas guy. He doesn't necessarily give me those vibes, but like, he doesn't feel like a a Giannis where he's just going to stay in Milwaukee. Hopefully Mm -hmm. I could see him moving, but for the foreseeable future, this guy's going to be in Dallas. That terrifies me because when he's at full strength and this roster can still get better around him, they're, going to be a formidable formidable opponent in the Western conference for years to come. And they could very well win it this year. Um, so I'm excited game one tonight, nine o'clock Eastern, all these games start at nine o'clock, which sucks for me, for you. It's beautiful. Seven o'clock. Perfect time. Great. Prime time. But yeah, overall you got to pick in, in this series. <sighs> I think at the end of the day, it's hard to pick against the Warriors, but I mean, I picked against the Mavs the whole time. I mean, go Warriors, but dude, it's, it's going to be the Luka versus the Warriors show. Yeah. For me, the Warriors were so sloppy in that Memphis series, turning the ball over just all the time. Um, Clay Thompson had a great game six, but I don't know if he's that guy anymore. Poole had a bad series. Draymond needs to approach at least – like be somewhat of an offensive threat. Look at the rim, at least try to score. He didn't game six. So, um, but I'm going to go against that. I'll go Mavs and six. No, mm, Mavs and six. Eh, Mavs and seven. Winning Golden State again. Luca wins a game seven on the road again and makes it to the finals. Why not? My, I think my pick is Warriors and six. But if this goes seven, Luca's taking it over. Luca, yeah, Luca's it over. Luca legend continues to grow. Um, all right, uh, NHL. We can we can hit on some NHL playoffs. I mean, all right. I'm sorry about the Wild. I feel I feel bad. Tough, dude. It's it's just Minnesota sports to a T. Like get our hopes up. You know, go back and forth in the series, and then lose games five and six back to back, and just tough, just tough. But uh, great game one last night. Um, you know, for the Avalanche, big OT win against the Blues. They're 
just so much better than them. <laughs> um, and the abs, dude, the abs are just a wagon. So they're, they're the team to beat, I think, you know, here in the Western Conference. Uh, pretty fun matchup, Battle of Alberta. Connor McDavid getting out of the first round with the Oilers versus the Flames. That'll be that's a, gonna be a fun, that's gonna be a fun be series. Fun series for sure. I like that one. And then we've got um Hurricanes, Rangers. Yeah, Rangers got out of the first round, big three-one comeback um in the series. Penguins had their like third string goalie playing most of the series, but Rangers came back. Hurricanes are dominant at home. Um, so that's pretty cool. I like that the the Hurricanes have a great team and and they're pretty good. And then uh, what's the last series? Well, another note for that Rangers series to me is Igor wasn't that great in the first round against Pittsburgh. That's something to watch. Yeah, he was off. Yeah. And there were a lot of deflection goals that he couldn't really control, but he was definitely not the Igor Shosturkin of the regular season. They need him. Like I've been saying, they need him to be, playing at an elite level, an MVP-type level if they want to win. Uh, the other series is the um, Tampa Bay versus – Oh, yeah, the Battle Florida. of Florida. Battle of Florida. I, so really, got- want, I really want the Panthers. Everyone I mean, does. Panthers. No one wants to see the Lightning win three straight. No one. Yeah, and they still – dude, they're, they're just their kryptonite, though. I mean, they beat them 4-1 last night. Like, they outplayed them. The, I really want the Panthers to get it done, though. Yeah, and Toronto – Lost in Game Seven, the cursed home against the the Lightning. I feel bad for their fans. I do. I mean, what what's worse, Toronto hockey or just all Minnesota sports playoffs combined? Yeah, it's because bleak. they had the Raptors won. Yeah, so well, the Raptors won in nineteen, so that automatically makes Minnesota. What was the last championship you guys had? 90s Twins, I think? It was 90s Twins because Vikings have never done it. Wolves have never done it. Wild have never done it. Wow. So the Twins are... I mean, I mean dude, the Lynx had like four and five years, though. The Lynx did. Um, you guys, <laughs> Minnesota football, college had a good season a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's bleak. I feel like... Detroit and Minnesota sports are are rough. Obviously, the Detroit probably has the Wings in the early two thousands though. Yeah, so Detroit has a much better history because you got the Wings, arguably one of the best NHL franchises, and just you know historic. Got guys like uh, what's the guy, the legend that played for Gordy Howe. Sorry, Jesus, Gordy Howe, one of the best hockey players ever. Uh, Best player before Gretzky came along, you could say. Played for the the wings and then the pistons were good and won in 04 and a couple in the 80s back to back tigers have won they have a great history actually and then um the lions the lions is where it's rough but detroit actually has a good sports history minnesota not i guess yeah you're right not as much the vikings yeah. have, have they they've played in the super bowl right yeah four times yeah number one yeah well i don't know i mean twins baby First in the central, baby. We always we always end the pods talking Minnesota and just your your state uh, as a Minnesota sports fan. This, that, that's the issue, though. Is now we have hope with the Twins. We're in the first, we're first in the division right now. <laughs> but is is well, it World Series hope or is it oh we can make the playoffs hope? It's it's we should be able to win a playoff game hope because they're like zero and eighteen in like the last. That's like, the bar. Is a playoff game win a playoff game? Yeah. Well, if you guys get matched up with the Yankees in the first round. That then no no PTSD triggers <laughs> or the Astros dude and we're probably gonna play one or the other yeah, dude someone needs to freaking knock off the Astros I'm so sick of them they're gonna win the division again classic I want to I want to see the Twins I, I don't I, as I keep saying on the podcast with Luis like I really don't like what I'm seeing from from the White Sox and I think the Twins could very well win that division so would love That's to okay. see it they're a fun team like. I thought it was unfortunate, Correa, that news that dropped today, saying that he's pretty much gone. Like, you could have predicted that, I guess, but, like. Yeah, Royce Lewis, we'll get him him up and down between the majors, get him prepped for next year. That's that's pretty much what it is. So, if if you had to pick one Minnesota sports team right now, which one is the closest to winning a title? Um... I mean, if you think about it, they're they're all 
they all have like at least somewhat of a chance. I mean, Wild this year was like our best chance because now we have these these buyout issues with uh, Suter and Parisi who we bought out the last year. Um, so that's going to hurt us in terms of our uh, roster in the next couple of years. So this year was our better chance. I, I like the future of the Twins, honestly. In baseball, you can you can get, have teams make runs. Um, T Wolves, like I don't think there's actually like, I don't think we're actually going to win a title. Like we're we're on the up, like we're good. But to say we're going to win a title is a little bit of a stretch. So I'd say it's probably down to the Vikings and the Twins. I'm probably say Twins. Yeah, I just think with baseball, like so many guys and yeah, um, you know, you get some hot pitchers and hot bats and. It'd be crazy because we can't even win a playoff game, let alone a World Series. <laughs> let's uh, let's get to the Twinkies. Yeah, I'd say Twins are Vikings too. It's very hard to win the NBA Finals. It's always the best team with the best player, usually. Yeah, uh, you got to have one of the top five guys, and then hockey. I mean, I don't know. Hockey just get you need you need luck, and I feel like the Twin Minnesota sports teams have anything but luck. You have, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Vikings, yeah. I don't know. You guys got some talent around there, but it, at the end of the day, it's Kirk Cousins. Like you guys really have the best wide receiving core you could argue in the freaking league. We we have a really good team. I think just at the end of the day is, can you envision Kirk Cousins winning three or four straight playoff games? I'm like, oh, he could definitely win one, probably back to back. But it's like, can he do it? And they do it in the biggest stage in the Super Bowl. You know that that'd be crazy. I'd love to see you guys finally put together a season because it's it's felt like you've had the talent. Um, yeah. the divisions like the bears are going to be really bad lions are going to be bad packers, packers are gonna be down. down like the vikings could, someone's got to you know take the gonna win it. yeah someone's got to win it so i don't know uh and then yeah in the playoffs it's one game elimination but as you said i just can't see Kirk cousins winning winning four straight games so yeah i guess i'd go with the twins too but dude i don't know i don't know if we're gonna get one in the next five years ten years in minnesota it's tough I mean, it, it, it hasn't happened in my 24 years on this earth. So, really? yeah. Well, hey, that makes it, that'll make it all the more sweeter when it actually happens. That's true. That's Same true. Thing with like the Grizzlies, if it, that ever happens, would be the best day ever in Memphis history. But yeah, that's all I got for this one. Um, thanks for coming on again. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Good time to be a sports fan, man. Got the NHL playoffs in the second round, NBA in the conference finals, got the lottery going. Um, NFL draft has happened. Um, baseball is in full swing, and you know, here we go. Yes, sir. Always a good time to be a sports fan. Whoa, almost a big goal for Frankfurt there. Uh, and and end of the soccer season as well. So, final uh, Premier League weekend this week, Arsenal. Bottom. Shout, out, shout out Fulham next year, baby. Premier League coming for the title. Um, all right, thank you all for listening to this episode. We appreciate you greatly. And we'll catch you on the next one, probably next week with uh, Luis for some MLB chatter again. Peace out.